This is Lieutenant Sulu of the Starship Enterprise, standing by on the bridge with the Christmas song. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Dogs in the kitchen. Oof. Oof. Is that our code name for this podcast? <laughs> no, no it's my dogs in the kitchen. It's my dog being a dingus. <laughs> my dog being like, how can I self poison myself today? All right. <clears throat> Let's do this, Leroy. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. By God, why did she give me another episode of Star Trek Lower Decks? Day three, guys. It's Wednesday, and we're talking all things Star Trek Lower Decks. Season one, episode three, Temporal Edict. Uh, actually, this episode wasn't that bad. Uh, no, I'll it was... It. Oh, God. I... My alternate title for this episode was Ha Ha Nerd. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. I'm not going to lie. I had to reread my notes prepping for this because my brain wants to eject all memory of this show. And if I don't actively concentrate on it, it's like a smooth ball. And it will just slip from my hands and disappear beneath the waves. And that's how I want it to be. Sounds about right. I am desperately hanging on to Boris's recounting of the story because <laughs> all I could remember about this episode was it wasn't that bad. And I know why. I do know why. Oh, yeah. It wasn't any witty remarks oh. or anything like that. It, I, And I'm not going to blurt it out and say it. So I do know why, just to give you guys some confidence. Because the other episodes I watched this week, yeah, this one was a little bit like, and we're talking to... The, the ether here on the on our podcast, but you know I'm I'm keeping up to shows, trying at a recording pace, yep. a little bit because this is just like Tyler has stated, like butterball to the brain. <laughs> so wants to get out. I actually, when I first watched it, I was like you, Phil, and I was like, oh, this was less terrible than the first two, and then I came back and I remembered it, and it was more abhorrent. Hmm. See, that's a really bad uh, thing when your second intuition is that it's worse than anything else. It's so big. It's. Do you want to go into the recap? Like, honestly, oh. I'm going to say this about it. On the first, it's because there was a theme that really resonated with me and that I do actually believe in and do have professionally or non-professionally engaged in. Oh no, a hundred percent. If we're like gonna that talk part about... of it, I found appealing. But yeah. as far as it is, it applies to Star Trek. It's a terrible, terrible episode because I, I just if Starfleet actually operated this way, yep, it would completely fall. Like everything falls apart in Star Trek. Well, yeah, it applies it, it's an extreme. Here's yeah. the thing about this show, and you know. 
I think it's safe to say at this point, after two episodes, after two days on day three, everyone knows it's no secret that we're not fans of this show. We're going to continue. We're going to power through because we said we would. Um, and I think it's, you know, why not? People want to know it's our healthy. thoughts. So we're going to power through. Um, the, the biggest issue I have with this show is the fact that it takes premises of Star Trek and completely turns them upside down. And I wouldn't be so bad if this show was not in canon. But the fact that they're trying to make it canon, that's what hurts this show. And as Tyler said in day one and day two, you know, it ends up hurting Star Trek as a franchise, as a story, as an overall, as an overarching um, narrative that much more. I, I will say that I do feel you, Phil, in that the age old challenge of management versus uh uh for lack of a better term technocrats so the person who actually does the job Mm -hmm. is like it's it's a good thesis here but part of star trek has always been you don't get the higher job unless you know the lower jobs and it's all about like respecting every level of it yeah that's where i'm saying it falls apart as far as star trek goes yeah that's what i mean like it takes Star Trek and it puts it upside down and it really destroys a lot of the edict, a lot of what we've been told of Starfleet, of the world, of the universe, of how um, Earth and the Federation work. So that's the issue that I have with this show. Yeah. Um, And for, you know, we're just going to talk about it right now. This is like, I personally love this episode in the sense of it deals with something that I dealt with the past 10 years of being a project manager or being a sales guy or being in the tech world and that's scotty's rule of engineering you know you take yeah what you take a task you double the time you do it at half the time you look like a genius this takes that basic premise and makes a mockery of it essentially oh 100 so i mean i would argue that that's that's a thing for any creative field and i include yeah. most technical you know, if you're an IT person, if you're an engineer, I include those in creative fields here because I do it for writing all the time. I look at yeah. any job and I'm like, I want to give you double time because if something goes wrong, I don't want to have to go to you say something's wrong. I didn't plan for it. Exactly. And this this then takes the other room of like, nah, those lower deck people just want to goof off. And it's like it 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 shits on people who are like lower on the totem pole and is like ah there's irresponsible and we start to develop this thesis that the lower people are there because they deserve it which is really weird um however however i did have a i did have a i have a thought that actually hit me who we were talking about this does anyone remember what that movie was that tim allen movie that was making fun of star trek galaxy quest galaxy quest how good would this show be if it was just galaxy quest it's funny that you say that because this show touches on a lot of things that Galaxy did as well. Um, yeah. And a lot of people compare this more to Galaxy Quest than Star Trek. Um, and this is the thing. They should have just gone that direction. The issue that I have with this show in particular, aside from taking Starfleet and the Federation and turning it upside down, making a mockery of this perfect world, it's the fact that it's not the comedy that I like. It's this Rick and Morty bullshit yeah. comedy that I just don't think is funny at all so i think it's combined with that combined with the efforts to remain in canon make it so very milk toast, right yep. like it it never really it never really swings for the fences with any of these jokes 
a lot of them end up being incredibly banal and safe. The yeah. the episode I enjoyed the most is the one I was the least sober for. So that Perfect. says something to you. That says a lot. Um, All right. Well, they also try to get there with the titling. Yeah. They 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 title these episodes in a creative, funny that seems to indicate there's going to be some kind of great wit in it, and that's where it really it sets oh, a yeah. platform for me, mm-hmm. and then I'm like always disappointed because uh, it's automatic. It's I'm I'm halfway through the season. It's automatic by 15 minutes into the show. I want. I would rather cut my toenails. Yeah, yeah. To be doing anything, no matter how how boring or monotonous it is, I'd rather go read War and Peace. Yeah. Than watch this. Yep. And it's not like it's it's offensive or it's just really bad. It's just nothing. It's fluff. The whole thing. Yeah. So before we start the synopsis, let me preface this by saying that this is my favorite episode um possibly of the entire season um and maybe just because of what it deals with uh so let's let's mm. get to it all right so star trek lower decks season one episode three temporal edict original air date of august 20th 2020 with the writers being dave uh Alienfield and david wright directors bob suarez all right, so we start off with a cold open as Boimler performs a combination violin and step dance routine to a barely entertained crowd. He's interrupted by Mariner, who launches into this uh, metal-heavy riff in on her electric guitar. Her bass is so low Nerd. and loud that it ends up uh, reverberating throughout the entire ship and is even heard by the Klingon ambassador who Captain Freeman is negotiating with. Captain then sends Shaxis to shut down the music. By the time Shaxis reaches the stage, Mariner has completed her set. Boimler returns, and essentially Boimler gets in shit for making all the music. This is so stupid. Yeah. This is the dumbest cold open in the entire show, in my opinion. First of all, haha nerd, despite the fact we had Jean-Luc Picard playing a piccolo and a flute, and we were all like, ah, bravo! And now it's like, nope, nerd. And yep. then <laughs> apparently the Strios has no soundproofing. It's like a state of the art. It's an older ship. It's like the freaking spaceship. And we have no soundproofing. Yeah. I oh, think, it's a tin you know, can space. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah. All right. So Again. We get into the show and essentially Tendi is. Uh, she learns about something that they call buffer time, which is the over-exaggeration of the time needed to complete a job so that you can chill and hang out in between tasks. Uh, Mariner and the others are enjoying margaritas in the brig. Captain Freeman learns about uh, learns something unfortunate. So essentially, a Cardassian negotiation she had been preparing for has been moved to Vulcan, and the Cerritos has been reassigned to offer gifts to the Gorakians. Um, so Freeman, your captain, feels disrespected. Starfleet essentially now thinks that the Cerritos is a joke, so they reassign them not only to make second contact, but to deliver gifts to kind of keep uh, keep peace negotiations and whatnot going. Um, so at this point, Freeman sees that her crew is procrastinating instead of working and overhears the phrase buffer time. She's stuck in an elevator with Boimler. He, obviously, being the dumbass that he is, he lets it out 
and tells her all about buffer time. He also mentions that he skipped buffer time, so now the captain needs to know what this is all about. Boimler blabs the entire ship is given a new mandate. Every task must be completed within the time allotted by the higher-ups. Um, at this point, Rutherford is positive that work can be done. The Karukli quickly reaches the end of their tether. Uh, and this is essentially leads to exactly what you, what you would expect. Everyone is overworked. Everyone doesn't have time to breathe. Uh, craziness and madness and and madness ensues on the ship, um, and Boimler's essentially the only one who's still acting like he can keep up. So, I want to compare this to episode four of season one of Deep Space Nine, which is directly on point, where Chief O'Brien is trying to repair a falling apart station. And he is overworked. And it's one of the first times we ever see someone in a non-emergency situation in the Star Wars universe overworked. And sorry, thank you, Star Trek. And (laughs) he still like has time to complete tasks and people are like, come on, man. But it's more that they're understaffed and they know they're understaffed. And it's like a recurring thing over the first season versus this like pretending management doesn't care. (sighs) Yeah. I love buffer time. That's all yeah. I can say. This is so if, if, if it wasn't for buffer time and exactly for legitimate reasons as listed, this is what we have to do whenever I quote on a job or whenever I'm expected to have a job done under pressure, I always give myself time because I can't control all the components involved in the job. So I'm like, I could break down like seven times here if I have to send an email to this guy or if I'm waiting on a different person to come in and finish their job, which comes from X entity company, which only schedules in blocks of half days at random times. And I'm going to have to coordinate that with someone else to be on site. Yada, yada, yada. Hey, buffer time is absolutely a real thing. So it did make me laugh. It did make me chuckle to see, you know, it all falls apart really easily, just as Tyler pointed out. Uh, All of the management had gone through these lower ranks and understand and should be indoctrinated into what buffer time is. They're just using exaggerations like, oh, buffer time is time for margaritas. Let's get hammered on the job. Yeah. No. Buffer time just means that you can logically go about other tasks that are maybe not part of this project or nece- you know what i mean you have to time manage i think that's all it is the one thing and they here, made it into this joke well here's the thing but that's think, that's entertainment that's okay well, here's a logical thing that i took out of this and i don't know why i'm bringing logic into anything that this show does and that's you know the captain and her um bridge crew you know it's been a while since they were on the lower decks so when they had buffer time it could have been, okay, we're just going to double the time and we have enough time to finish our work and then get more done and whatever. And then over mm-hmm. the years, buffer time has grown into yeah. something where you literally take a break and have margaritas now. So that's kind of the mm-hmm. one the that, can that happen, I yeah. took it. Yeah. yeah. No, right. and it, 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 all, it all served the supposed story. I just like the isolated thought of this. Yeah. I guess that's where... 
I'm at odds because the more I'm remembering about this episode, I'm starting to feel like Tyler here. I just didn't like the episode at all, but I did like this element of it. Yeah. That's where right. my wrestling match is coming in. So then we have our second um our our second plot which has Ransom, Captain Ransom and Mariner uh or Commander Ransom and they essentially have to go to an away mission to gift the Galrakians a crystal. This is an alien race that loves crystals. They work on crystals, crystals all around the planet. Um and and essentially, uh, at That's some it. point, what? That's it. Yeah, they have crystals. They love crystals. fucking love crystals. So, but, s- but at some point or another, uh, they gift them a piece of wood. The Galrakians <laughs> see this as a, um, as a not a peace offering. Essentially, as a joke. No, they, they gave them pe- wood. Yeah, and shit they ensues. They gave them wood. So. Uh, they got wood. They got screwed. Yeah. So the Galakians. Still like that joke. Guys are killing me. It was the only part I laughed. That was the only part I laughed in this episode because they kept on repeating, "You gave them wood." Yeah. (laughs) It was like uh, uh, Big Bang Theory, uh, the Catan game. Yeah. (laughs) I need wood. I need. I need wood and sheep. (laughs) Yeah. So at this point, the Galakians are angry. They keep the. Ransom and Mariner hostage. One of them have to fight their their um, their prized fighter. They have the side story. Essentially, Ransom ends up stabbing Mariner, um, and he's the one who offers himself up for the fight. In the meantime, as the as this fight is going on, the Glorakians send a um, an invasion crew to attack the Cerritos. As you would expect, the Cerritos go gets under attack. But everyone is so busy with their jobs that no one can do or has the time to actually defend the Cerritos. Now you guys this can talk. It's so dumb. This show's so fucking dumb. Yeah. It, it, again, we're too busy to fight off the invaders. I, I know it's comedy. I know it's a cartoon. But my expectation, all right, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invoke... The Holy Trilogy here. All right. When I watch a Star Wars cartoon. And this is clearly not a Star Wars cartoon that's like resistance that's aimed at seven year olds. This is a Star Trek cartoon that's trying to aim itself to a more sophisticated crowd. Well, right. Older. However, it's not got any complexity to story whatsoever. Now, I can watch a Clone Wars, I can watch Rebels, and I know that it's aimed at a mixed audience. But I can also get a whole ton of canon stuff out of it, a whole ton of character stuff, a whole ton of actual comedy in-universe, mm-hmm. and compelling story that tags me, that tugs me along for a season. And I don't see any of those elements here. I don't see any of that linkage. And that's my story problem with this. Because I know we sound like we sound like idiots. We're crapping all over this dumb cartoon. But this cartoon is aimed at us trying to say, hey, we're funny. Give us time. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. You guys are males that grew up on Star Trek, want to watch it, and maybe want to watch it in a different context 
to get an actual laugh because we're going to make a whole bunch of inside baseball jokes about Star Trek. And that's where this whole thing falls apart. Well, yeah, it, it, it fails on both fronts, right? It fails because half the in, in baseball jokes are garbage. And then mm. half of the like outside ones don't, they stand flat because they don't fit the rest of what's going on. They don't fit the, the contract they tried to make with the audience. God, we're, we're so salty and old. <laughs> Everybody's angry, Phil. Everybody. I don't know. I, I just found this part, like I say, the wood part was funny. The whole dilemma with Mariner and, and the, the, the Captain Riker guy was kind yeah, of funny. Yeah. yeah. And and then we get into the ship with these uh, this invading force with spears. Yeah. Not even shooting crystal elements yeah. or just guns, spears. just spears. Yeah, I will say her suddenly like, oh, Ransom, that was kind of cute. That was okay. Um, I think yeah. for every episode after this one, I'm just going to pretend this is Galaxy Quest and like Ransom's voiced by Tim Allen and stuff. And that's how I'm going to go forward. Because I, I think of Ransom as, um, I know you, you called it Riker, which well, yeah, is he, definitely right. Yeah, yeah. But I also get that Captain Kirk sense because I'll, he just feels like he's going to like, nail every alien in this which thing. is what Riker but that's was. what Riker was yeah Riker was a commentary yeah. on Captain Kirk but that was a commentary yeah and I'm I'm going back to the original source yeah. material yeah whereas I'm like I, I don't know what happened to my TNG brain but I'm you know thinking of those characters in that context for some reason yep I don't know maybe it's Big Bang Theory that's reprogrammed me for for Kirk yep all right, so at this point, most of the systems are down because the crew are missing, um, they're messing up the ship. The bruised crew are unconscious and the aliens are breaking in. Finally, Boimler finds the captain and reminds her that while she's a great captain, she needs to have faith in her crew's ability to manage themselves. Freeman agrees. She reinstalls buffer time and allows the crew to use their own discretion to get rid of the aliens. Newly independent, the crew beat back the invaders and save the ship. The away team returns to the Cerritos and offers the real gift to the aliens. Back on the ship, it seems that Ransom and Mariner have a healthy new respect for each other, but then he throws her in the brig for disobeying his direct order to roll down her sleeves um, and during the, the fight. Uh, Mariner claims to love the brig and valiantly fights the officers dragging her away, leaving Ransom to see Mariner in a new and attractive light. Uh, Freeman is so impressed by Boimler's encouraging words that save the day, she institutes a new rule, the Boimler Effect. According to this rule, all crew are encouraged to think for themselves and not blindly follow rules and commands. This is the very opposite of how Boimler works, and he is horrified. Alright, at this point, we go in the far future. Young Starfleet cadets are taught about this important rule and how it was named after the laziest crew member in all of Starfleet. And then they throw in a Chief O'Brien joke, um, saying that he was the most important figure in all of Starfleet's history. So that's the episode. Yep. I agree. That was the episode. And I found the, the, the O'Brien reference weird. Well, I was Whatever. No, I like Chief O'Brien. He was like one of the few guys that I thought was kind of cool in Star Trek. It's like, 
Wait, one of the few. He's the best. There's a bunch of amazing. Uh, I I liked other guys too. I like Captain Picard. Picard's a delight. I I, I enjoyed Deanna Troy's bosom. Oh, I'm joking. I just liked. No, I like Deanna Troy. Age. Deanna Troy was a very good character. I actually like Marina Sirtis as a person. She was very funny. Wesley. Shut up, Wesley. Wesley. And then Brent Spiner. All of us, now we're talking about TNG. Let's yeah. just wrap this into the next one. Oh, man. But I went to a Star Trek convention. I saw Brent Spiner. He, he made a comment that we were all like peas on a couch. There you go. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, well, that was the episode, you know, pretty basic, and that, that's what you're going to notice with this, especially, I think, the next couple episodes, very basic premise, very basic whatever, um, and just jokes that don't really deliver, they try to make callbacks to Star Trek, and while they're fun, they also shit on the callbacks, and kind of shit on the entire Star Trek legacy, and that's my issue with the show, the jokes are not hitting, and it's actually hurting the entire franchise a lot more. Phil, any final thoughts? Uh, I'm sympathetical with that. I, I don't disagree. Um, I'm far enough into it that it's just not doing it for me so far, but you never know. We'll keep on soldiering on and fight the fight just for the people out there to bring them some entertainment during all these lockdowns at Christmas. Tyler? What do you think, buddy? I, I maintain the the real title for this episode is Haha ha Nerds. Yep. Yeah. All right. That's it. That's everything. Another day wrapped up. Guys, stay warm as we head closer to Christmas, and let's see what our true love gets for us tomorrow. Phil, do your thing. Hey, if you're looking to find us on the internet, you can actually... If you got a connection to Santa, because we've got a connection to Santa, you can just put in a word to him, and he comes by and he lets us know right away. But if you don't have a connection to Santa, I'm sure you have a connection to the internet, and you can go to www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at It's Canon Podcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, Amazon, Heck, iHeartRadio. Wherever you find podcasts, you're going to find the It's Canon Podcast. So if you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe to get notifications about when we drop new episodes in. And uh, also leave us a rate and review. We greatly appreciate the time that you spent with us. All right. That's it, guys. We're, we've wrapped up another day. And let's see what turd we get under the tree tomorrow. He's Phil. He's Tyler. I'm Boris. Good night.